I'm George Faust. I'm Karaski Melvin, and this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette present Inside Cajun Nation. Sponsored by Dudley DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Well, hi, hello, and welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. I'm George Faust, as always, joined by Karaski Melvin. Tonight, there are new additions to the Cajuns women's and soccer team. That's cool. How about this? Uh, we have an encore presentation of my conversation with St. Thomas More's basketball coach, Danny Broussard. But before we do all of that, let's talk some football, George. All right, let's do it. We are getting even closer to football season and the first year under former Raging Cajun quarterback turned Cajun head coach Michael Desimo. Coach Dez enters his first season with a host of excitement and a team that returns as Sunbelt champs. The Cajuns will be part of the Sun Belt Media Days scheduled to take place and part of those festivities on July 26th and 27th. For the first time in the event's history, it will be a two-day affair. The West Division will go on the 27th, the East the 26th. Each head coach will be joined by a pair of student-athletes to be announced at a later date. All of the schools, including the new four members, Southern Miss, Old Dominion, Marshall, and James Madison will be on hand in New Orleans for the event. This is the first year the Sun Belt enters a season as a 14-team conference. And while the Cajuns look to defend their 2022 Sun Belt title, the team celebrated one more time by getting their Sun Belt championship rings. They did that earlier this week. The rings feature the team pillars. The player or coach's name with a record of 13-1 and on it, and they have their 13 straight wins, the nation's longest winning streak heading in to this season. The score of the Sunbelt title game championship against App State and a flirtily football shape on the face of the ring surrounded by diamonds and white gold. Uh, that's a lot of bling there. And before it is you, some bling. You know, before you know it, we're going to actually be able to watch Cajun football. It is coming. September 3rd is that first game against Southeastern Louisiana at Cajun Field. Now, Cajun football and the Sunbelt Conference have announced that five raging Cajun games during the 2022 season will be broadcast to a national television audience on the ESPN family of networks. All three of the team's midweek clashes will be picked up by linear networks, while two of the Cajuns' first three games will be broadcast on ESPN+. Louisiana's season opener at Cajun Field against SLU, September 3rd, 6 p.m. kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. Two weeks later, the Cajuns will head to Houston to take on Rice September 17th at 6.30 on ESPN+. Plus. The rematch of the 2021 RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl against Marshall on Wednesday, October the 12th will be aired on ESPN2 at 6.30 p.m. Central with the contests at Southern Miss October 27th and home against Georgia Southern November 10th appearing on ESPNU at 6.30 p.m. Game times and television designations for all the remaining contests will be announced at a later date. And while we wait to see how the rest of the schedule shakes out, we know about a future in-state opponent. Louisiana football will play a home and home series against Louisiana Tech. On September 26th of 2026, Louisiana will travel to Ruston. Then on Saturday, September 8th in 2029, the Bulldogs will come to Cajun Field. The series dates back all the way to 1950, way back in the old days, Sonny. The two teams have faced off 87 times. The last time the Cajuns and Bulldogs met was in 2015. La Tech has the series edge, 48-33-6. and six. 
And a former Cajun has made it on an NFL roster. Max Mitchell signed his rookie contract with the New York Jets. Mitchell, experience at left guard, right? Left and right tackle in his senior season with the Cajuns. He was named a Sunbelt first team all-conference selection. He was part of the Cajun O-line, which was a Joe Moore Award semifinalist. According to Pro Football Focus, Mitchell was noted their Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Year. He allowed only 13 pressures and 859 snaps at right tackle. Pro Football Focus named him, him their highest graded tackle in the nation. Very cool. All right, coming up, there are new additions to Cajun coaching staffs that we need to tell you about. We'll tell you about the new hires with women's basketball and soccer when Inside Cajun Nation continues. This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. And welcome back to the show. Thanks for sticking and staying. George here, Karaski there. You good, Karaski? I am good. Are you good? I, I am so good that I, I, if I was any better, I'd be twins. There is a new addition to the Cajuns. I say that all the time, people. Uh, there is a new addition to the Cajun women's basketball staff. Peachy, Adrian Sanders <laughs> joins Coach Gary Broadhead and the Cajun basketball program as an assistant coach and the program's recruiting coordinator. Sanders joins the Raging Cajuns after spending last season as an assistant coach at UC Santa Barbara. She also coached at Miles College, Southern, and Southeastern Louisiana. Sanders played four years at Southern, graduated in 2014, amassed 950 points, 380 rebounds, 230 assists, and 125 steals. After her collegiate career ended, she served as a player coach for the Louisiana Bayou Angels in the Women's Blue Chip Basketball League, where her team won regional titles in 2016 and 2017. The Raging Cajun soccer team recently added a new member to its coaching staff. Nick Petrulci, uh, Petrul Petroselli. So, that's what I said, Petroselli, has been added as an assistant coach. Sorry, coach. Uh, he spent the last, I'll get it one day, uh, four seasons on the staff of the University of Miami. Uh, where he served as director of operations. Before that, Petroselli served on the staff at SMU, his alma mater, where he played for two seasons. Louisiana opens its season August 10th against McNeese. Cajun uh, Volleyball. There you go. Keep they added here. to its ranks as well. These are players coming into the fall. <laughs> Head coach Christy Gray announcing uh, Libro defensive specialist Paulo Garcia will uh, uh, take part for the Raging Cajuns next season. Garcia spent the last three years at UNLV as a member of the running Rebs. She helped lead the team to a pair of 20 win seasons, 13 and one record during COVID shortened season uh, when that happened and the NIVC title in the fall of 2021. In her freshman year, she racked up 38 digs with a season high of 10 in two different games. Last year, she appeared in 13 matches, a career high contributing from the service line and the back row. And she isn't the only one joining the Cajun volleyball roster. Lauren Hill will also be on the roster in the fall. Hill was an outside hitter for Liberty High School in Texas for the last three seasons before signing a national letter of intent at Liberty. Hill tallied over 1,000 kills, 132 blocks, 581 career digs. So far, the Cajun volleyball team will welcome five new players to the team. Tennis, anyone? Absolutely. Let's play two. Four members of the Cajuns men's tennis team received all Louisiana honors. One was named to the first team and the other three 
Named to the second team. Awards all around. Alejandro Sanchez Gonzalez was chosen as an all-Louisiana first team. He won 12 times in the number two single slot. He also ranked in the top 10 in the Sun Belt in overall singles wins, 15 and doubles wins, 13. Sanchez Gonzalez was also 5-1 and one in Sun Belt play, the best singles mark in conference play. Vasil Dimitrov, who had 15 regular season wins in his debut season. Oriol Filat Jimenez, who had a 13-game winning streak. And Kalen Postea, who went 14-4 in his rookie season, were named to the second team. The four selections were the most collected by any state's men's programs. The quartet also received all Sun Belt Conference honors back in April. Now, we're heading to the high school hardwood next. As I take a chance uh, and, and uh, put, my, uh, put my knowledge of high school basketball to the test, so to speak, against St. Thomas More's ba basketball coach, head coach, Danny Broussard. He'll join us next right here on Inside Cajun Nation. Don't go away. All right, welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. George Faust here, Danny Broussard over there. He is the head coach for the STM Cougars, but he just returned from a very important trip for high school coaches, and we're going to talk more about that coming up. Uh, but first, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, right now it's summertime, a lot of basketball, summer hoops going on. Coach, just talk about the, what it's like off-season-wise for you guys who've continually uh, kind of made it to the top 28 and yeah. uh, kind of working your way back to, to getting into game-ready shape, regular yeah. season shape. Actually, George, in the summertime, we really concentrate a lot on the weights. You know, we try to get our guys stronger, you know, because sometimes we're not the most physically gifted t team out there. So <laughs> we try to make sure we're at least strong, you know. So And look, I'm George, I'm going to say this up front. Up front. Uh, Nick Cortez is our weight guy. He's in the weight room with him all summer long, and Wesley, my assistant. I, I'm serious. I go to games and I kind of watch and observe, take notes, and uh, I don't. I, they hear my voice enough during the regular season, so I just kind of sit back, let <laughs> hear another voice, so to speak, and uh, yeah, just kind of evaluate. So I don't do a ton of stuff in the summertime. Uh, I, I'm at the games watching, but I, I really don't do a ton of coaching in the summertime. Right. Sure enough, it, it's kind of just kind of make sure the boys are kind of staying staying right. in, in in shape and things Correct. of that nature. Correct. Uh, sure enough. So so you get you get done with uh, this summertime thing and 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 you'll go into the regular season. But before we get that, you're returning from a trip to Chicago, yeah. a very special trip for you and Coach Jim Hightower. Yep. Both of you guys are recognized by a national organization. Tell us a little bit about what the organization was, what, what the award is yeah. that you uh, ended up uh, getting, and, and talk about that. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, the, um, the way it works, George, is every state nominates a coach in, er in every sport. I didn't realize it, but there were 12 sports represented, everything okay. from you know, wrestling, volleyball, baseball, basketball, softball, everything. Every sport was there. And so and there's, they, they not, the state sent it in, and they narrowed down to eight in each category. And so me and Jim were one of eight guys in our particular sport that were, that were nominated to, to try to win the National Coach of the Year award. Yeah, sure. Fell a little short, didn't quite come up with the <laughs> champion, with the gold medal. But it really was quite an experience and quite an honor, to be honest. You know, I felt like I was representing the state of Louisiana, the city of Lafayette, obviously St. Thomas More, you know, which I spent 40 years there as a coach. So uh, it was a pretty neat experience, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, you know, you, 
you met different coaches there. I actually got a chance too, George, to be a guest speaker because, see, the National Clinic is going on at the same time. Gotcha. So, uh, so I, I, I had a 40-minute segment on basketball. Uh, I did a little special uh, segment on special plays, uh, and that was kind of cool too to be able to, to be able to present. Yeah. You know that I never presented at a national conference, so uh, that was that was neat as well. But uh, you know the fun part about it was that uh, I look at it's actually in a town called Altoona, Iowa. Have any of you ever heard of Altoona, Iowa? Probably not. I had never either. <laughs> now I heard of Des Moines, and I looked at the map and said, "Okay, it's close to Des Moines." But I like, "What is there to do in Des Moines, right?" <laughs> right. So I told my wife, "I said, hey, look, we've never been to Chicago." Let's plant, we'll go to Chicago and then we'll just drive to Altoona for the actual two days of the ceremonies. So we made it a little kind of a semi-vacation, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, and George, I tell you, I'd never been to Chicago. It was a blast. We had a great time. I uh, really enjoyed it. And I got a chance to go to Wrigley Field. Yeah. Watch one of my favorite teams. Wouldn't you know how, how ironic all this is? They're playing the Braves. and <laughs> The Braves and the Astros. And I'm, I, you know, I'm a baseball fan, but gotcha. I like the Braves. My brother Brent is a Braves fan all through and through. Gotcha. So he got a chance to watch the Braves play. Uh, yeah, they were, they were getting swept by the Cubs. The Cubs won the first two games. We went on Father's Day this Sunday okay. and uh, saw the Braves won. We saw two home runs, three doubles. Pretty exciting game. Yeah. But Wrigley Field was quite an experience. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have yet to beat a Wrigley Field. Yeah. It, it comes from my, one of my favorite teams. Best best player growing up for me was uh, was Ryan Sandberg. Ryan Sandberg. Uh, you know, the yeah. uh, second baseman for the Cubs. Yes. So, yeah, that's that's on my bucket list that I haven't gotten a chance to do yet. Yeah. But uh, so so you get to the, the conference, you go to Chicago, yeah. you do all the Chicago things. Yep. Uh, and, and then uh, tell, take us through the, the banquet and, and, uh, and yeah. the ceremony and the uh, you, you, you brought back some hardware. Yeah. Well, so the first day was the clinic. So I attended the clinic. As I told you, I spoke. But yeah, I, sure. I attended some other, other sessions as well. Uh, one of the hot topics, George, which is pretty well known that I'm not a proponent of it, is the shot clock. <laughs> and it's, 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 I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming soon. Uh. Uh, I couldn't believe that. I forgot what state this guy was from. But he said he'd been doing it for 10 years, wow. the shot clock, experimental basis. Now, Iowa, where, the, where it was, was hosted, yeah. they're doing it for the first time this year. Mm. Uh, Louisiana has not adopted it yet as experimental but I'm sure that's coming uh, and so again uh, I'm not a big proponent of that because I feel like <laughs> I feel like if you uh, if you know you you're kind of dealt the hand of players you dealt with and that so sometimes I like to do some coaching changes and I like to make some adjustments during the game and maybe yeah. some of the things is milking the clock a little bit when you're playing against a far superior team this way you're not gonna be able to do that sort of thing you have to just you know to me yeah. it gives the team with the more talent the advantage because now you're, you're having to shoot the ball every 35 seconds yeah. whereas sometimes you could shorten the game a little bit so yeah, again yeah. George if it comes I'll make the adjustment I'll do what I have to do I'll have to do a little research yeah I'll do a little research say okay how we're going to handle this but uh, I did talk to a few coaches and uh, they said they just kind of prepare for it and practice a little bit about you know making sure that they're not just throwing up shots at the 35 second but that was the kind of the hot topic and then that Wednesday was the actual uh, ceremony it's kind of cool how they did it George uh, it, it, it's a lot it was eight times 12 uh, 96 maybe, uh, people that were, and they gave you a little bio while you up there, okay? okay. So it's kind of funny. They put you like in a holding p pattern. So there's eight coaches that are in one sport. The next sport, you're on the stage sitting in the background. And so that way when they get to your sport, you're ready to get up there. They don't huh. waste any time. So it's a pretty pretty well oiled machine, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it was pretty neat to hear all the coaches and their accomplishments and, and that sort of thing. And then after they announce all eight basketball guys, they bring you in a room, they take a picture of you in the hallway, then you go back out. And then after all the sports are announced, then they come back and announce the winners of each sport. So they kind of keep you on your toes the whole night and you're kind of anxious a little bit, you know. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of funny. I kind of had a feeling when I saw, when I saw the guy 
behind me had 11 state championships. I'm like, oh, it's going to be kind of tough to win this thing. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, he's the guy that won it all. So it, it is what it is. And, yeah, no, look, yeah. yeah, to be mentioned and, yeah. and represent the state of Louisiana is yeah. pretty cool. And, yeah. and so uh, you come back with a little hardware. A yeah. finalist for a national coach of the year yeah. uh, is a pretty cool thing. Look, we're going to talk a lot more. We got we're going to talk some more STM basketball. We we'll talk. Right. We got we, we got a topic that that I'm anxious to hear your take oh, on. Okay. You know what it is? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to keep it that way. We're not going to tell you what it is until we go we bring it up. Uh, but uh, we'll definitely be back right here on Inside Cajun Nation. Don't go away. Much more with STM head basketball coach Danny Broussard and uh, you know a national coach of the year finalist there. So congratulations to him. Much more after the break. Don't go away. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. George Faust, Danny Broussard, STM's head basketball coach, uh, also a national coach of the year finalist, uh, won the award, represented Louisiana for basketball. Coach Jim Hightower represented the state of Louisiana for football. Uh, very cool. You, you returned a couple, uh, what, a week ago or so? A little less than that? Yeah, little, back, back about, on Friday. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. And so congratulations on that. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, basketball here in STM. Obviously, uh, you won four state championships, then you get to a top 28. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's what we call it now still. Uh, <laughs> yeah, March Madness, March, whatever you want to call right, it, Final right, Four. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so, right. So the playoffs, you right. get to the Final Four. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so uh, that's quite the feat. And uh, so what, what, every year you tell me the same thing, but I don't know what to believe this year because, you know, I have, I have some shaded eyes this year because yeah. my, my boy plays for uh, another school. So uh, anyway, but, but right. go ahead. How's STM look uh, this yeah. year? And it, it, it's going to be interesting, Josh. Uh, I thought last year was one of our better defensive teams, you know. Uh, we kind of switched from our little one-two-two matchup to a one-three-one because we were so – we actually were one of the biggest teams I had. We were actually long. Uh, I had some, you know uh, – uh, Christian Landry was about 6'4", long, you know. Uh, Dominic Jenkins in the middle was about 6'6", and he was big, too. Uh, we had uh, Patrick Dorton in the wing, who really was only about 6'2", but, but he's just a tough get kid, you know, and he, he really played it bigger than he was. So we had a tall front line to throw over and to shoot over and rebounded the ball well. So I, but we, we did struggle to score a little bit. We had more of a defensive-minded team. Whereas this year coming up, I think it's just the opposite. I, mean, I don't know if we're going to be able to stop anybody, but I think we'll be able to score. Listen, we've got a couple of shooters, so okay. we'll see. I may have to break my philosophy about, you know, about guard people and just say, okay, we're going to outscore everybody this year. Hey, a, perf a perfect time to start working on that shot <laughs> clock, right? That's right. <laughs> hand in hand, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, no, I think, I think we do have some pretty good shooters coming up. You'll see. I mean, so, look, we had some games this summer. We didn't shoot it well, you know, so uh, we'll see. But uh, it is going to be an interesting year for us. Um, a lot, I got a lot of youthful kids, you know, kind of inexperienced a little bit. We did get a few of them in, in some games last year. So uh, it's going to be a mixture, but, uh, but I do like our young bunch. Uh, when, when I, when I, our junior class this year, when they were freshmen, George, I think they went like 34 and 0 and oh, wow. lose a game. Yeah. So, you know, we've kind of built up for that, and, and they're a pretty talented bunch. So, uh, but again, we've got to get better defensively. But uh, I like our chances now. Let me intro this question yeah. <laughs> because that's a perfect segue yeah. into what we're going to talk about, and yeah. that is this new system that is going to be implemented in the, uh, with the non-select select and who is now considered select and which team is now considered non-select. When, when yeah. I heard this, you were the one of the first guys that popped into my head. I'm right. like, 
I wonder what he thinks. Right. So what do you think? So for, yeah. for everybody's explanation, so now the LHSA has created this situation where it's almost, almost it's pretty balanced, 51-49 yeah. yeah. maybe, yeah. whereas select teams, non-select teams, so teams that like a Ben Franklin or uh, a team that can, can get – players from an academy for an academy like right. Acadiana High oh. uh, they're they're yeah. select schools yeah. now yeah so uh so now it's it's pretty balanced out with regards to that but that alters the playoff sure. system Absolutely. so your thoughts yeah like you said interesting enough in, in Lafayette if you take Lafayette Parish mm -hmm. every school now except which south side and I'm thinking myself I don't, you know I didn't know that I didn't know exactly how this all operates right. so I asked myself wait why why not south side where I as well I found out that south side is the only school in Lafayette Parish that doesn't have their academy yeah somebody has an arts academy a banking and engineering but south side is just has none yeah. so then south side is going to remain a public school which they are right, but right. but all the others because they can select from different places around the city if they want to become in their academy become a select now so Lafayette High Katie Anna are going to be now with us uh, so, yeah, George, to tell you the truth, uh, I like the idea of competition, you know, and, and sure. you, you know, we've yes. spoken this many times. Yes. I've never was for the split, and I'm still not. Right. And so, at least this, it, it brings more of a competitive t competitiveness to our playoff system, you know, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I'm kind of excited about that. Again, I wish it was everybody, and just let's just go back, yeah. you know. If that, is that ever going to happen? Probably not. Because I think now, I think now the public schools are saying, oh, well, we got some of the better public schools who are, Winning state championships. Now got we put them out of here. Now, yeah, now they're with the select. So, whoa, now we got a better chance. Right. So, I doubt it'll ever get all back together again. But I do like the fact that, you know, there's going to be some good competition now. Uh, and now we'll have to battle against some really, really good teams now. The, the Peabody's, the Madison Preps, who are, who, are, who are public schools, but whatever, like you said, the select, they didn't, yeah. Yeah, are now going to be in our select division. So, uh, it's going to make way more competitive playoff system for sure. So, I'm kind of excited about that part of it. Yeah, Coach Cook over at Notre Dame had brought up the fact to me that, that uh, you know, now they don't have to sit out two weeks of yeah. playoffs. Like, yeah. uh, that, he, he's like, we get on a, on a streak, on right. a mo little momentum, then we got to sit for two weeks, yeah. and then we play in a, a semifinal game. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. well, now we're not ready, game ready. Right. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It also, I mean, the easier path yeah. is that, is the sure. old, this sure. select, the old select, right. non-select. Right. But, the more competitive and hey, not everybody wins right. mentality is this, yes. this is more leaning towards that. Yeah, no doubt. So again, there's some positives to it. I know some people are not, uh, you know, don't like it, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, I kind of like the idea that now we're gonna have to get in there and you know, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be some wars out there. And you know, George, I, I always said this, they said about how down it was. When you look at the final four teams in our in all of our divisions, if you look at the final four, some pretty good basketball teams, yep. select and non-select, you know. Yeah. But I think the quarterfinal game was where it used to be, you know, I mean, it was tough, you know. And in, in the past, that the quarterfinal game kind of got, I'm not going to say easy, but it wasn't nearly as a tough a route to get to the final four. Right. Whereas now with this new division, you're going to have to win a tough, tough quarterfinal game. I, I want to ask you about this too yeah. because you don't coach football, but – you coach in the same district that football's going to be yeah, in. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Did have you looked at the district for for y'all's? Di uh, yeah. It's what? it's it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Now listen to this, George. This is how the dynamics how this is going to happen. Which again, I'm not quite sure. Somebody told me today they think we're going to stay Division Two, but when LHSA came out with the with the list of teams, we're Division One. So uh, I, I, I don't know. But if we listen to this, LCA us and Turlings. 
we, when it goes to, we're in the same district, right? right? right. But when it comes to the playoffs, if we stay Division One, we'll be Division One. Turtles will be Division Two, and I'm understanding LCA is going to elect to go down and stay in Division Three. Right. So same district, and they're going to be in three different classifications for the playoffs. I mean, that's, I mean, right. it's, it's wild, really. Yes. You know, right? It's the very, wild, wild west, right? It, it, it <laughs> yeah. is very bizarre. Yeah. It's yeah. the closest thing to what we've had. Uh, when the split happened, what was that, 2013, right? Is that, is that for I, th I think it was back, right. back in 2013 yeah. was the last time uh, all five uh, right. classifications played together. All together. Yeah. And, uh, well, Coach, uh, we've come to, come to the end of our time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, congratulations on the award there. And, uh, and look forward to chatting with you in the future. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, George. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Inside Cajun Nation. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time.